What's up, y'all? I hope you're ready to get active. We're back here with another episode from Lamar and Jay. So sit back, relax, get your snacks, and let's get active. What's good, what's good, what's good? Man, we are back, man. Another episode. You know what's going on. Today we got a guest with us, a good friend of both Lamar and I, some guy that, you know, man, me and Dan used to spend a whole bunch of days <laughs> studying, <laughs> so many days studying in our clubhouse, getting coffee after coffee, trying to figure out, you know, all this cool stuff, man. So that's how... Honestly, that's how me and Daniel kind of bonded through other friends, but also school, man. So, yeah, that's Daniel. Daniel's with us today. Yeah. Sir, what's up? Like you said, we're back with another episode for y'all. And yeah, my boy Daniel, Dan Dan. Appreciate y'all. My son. (laughs) Yeah, man, me and Daniel. Wait, Daniel, can you pronounce your last name, though? Uh... Which you mean pronounced like in the Habesha way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pronounced Abara. There we go. I can't say that. So I'm going to say Abara. But you got to roll the R, bro. Nah, nah. I don't know how that. Nah, like. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, me and my boy go way back. I can really say he, he helped me get me where I am now through my journey of life. I basically raised this man, to be honest. But yeah, Daniel, introduce yourself. Give us give us a little background on you. Uh background about me. I guess right now uh, I'm in Chicago. I'm a graphic designer. I'm Ethiopian. See, I met y'all in AM, at AM. Uh <laughs> Oh, no. I don't even know what to say about myself, bro. <laughs> He's very modest, man. He's very modest. Very modest. So, but so me and Jay were talking, and we kind of realized we ventured away from just giving, like, looking back, and just talking about how our week been, just goals and stuff. So let's get back into that, like to the bread and butter of what we were looking to do in this podcast. So, like, what's up with y'all? What y'all been doing this week? What's going on? What's new? So, first, I want to say we forgot to mention that Daniel is the one that did our art. Oh, yeah. For our podcast. So, when you see me, Lamar, the Get Active, Bad Boys thing with the flames behind us. That's Daniel. That was all about Daniel. That's what, man, that's what he does. That's what he's great at, bro. So, y'all need all that stuff. I ain't going to tell you what he charged us, man, but he's going to charge you an extra fee. So, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> and I'm still waiting on that check. Hey, put it on Lamar's tab, bro. Put it on Lamar's tab, bro. But, um, yeah, for sure, for sure. no, nah, man, like I said, we, we did get away from that. Um, so, me, I've been working. I've been out of school you know, since December. It's in the February now. So, I've been working for about a month. A month and a half um, at my new job. It's been cool, man. It's been a learning curve. Uh, you know, we have some people that, that left the, the company. So I've had to kind of step up and um, learn very quickly. It's definitely a learning curve. So I've just been really busy, man, really busy. 
trying to get my head above water at work. Also, uh, trying to stay fit and stay active and still check up on my people, make sure everybody's doing good. We had that storm out here last week. You know, it's crazy because a storm happened and everybody around me lost water and they lost electricity. And, man, I don't know what it was, but I legit didn't lose anything the whole time. I had hot water, had electricity. I was cooking everything. So, I don't know. I I know. I got the jokes. Yeah. yeah. You know, life's jokes. (laughs) I got the jokes. But, yeah, anyways, uh, but besides that, man, it's, it's been real chill. Just been out here. Trying to get myself situated out here, um, you know. Don't really know me many people out here, but uh, just trying to make the best of it right now during COVID and see what happens. Well, so Daniel, man, how the web design stuff going? I see you on Instagram doing all this stuff. It's going well, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's going decent. Um, actually, I just deleted Instagram because one of my things was like I'm trying to be off social media more okay so that means i deleted instagram i just deleted twitter and i'm just trying to like not be influenced by like you know what i'm seeing out there and you know all that's happening so how are you like my fault my fault no you go i'm just saying like you know it's it's a whole lot of information to take in every day and it's like you know eventually like it starts to get to you just like you don't want all that stuff like blocking up you know the way that you think and what you want so, to achieve, like, day to day. So, like, how are you, like, networking and showing off the, your new designs and stuff? Like, your personal designs? Honestly, I'm, I'm not, honestly. I just, just clock in, out. work 9 to 5, and then after that, like, I peace out. Dang, you holding out on us, bro? Nah, it's, it's more like a extended break than anything, you know? So, are you working from home? Yeah, yeah, I mean. Okay. Another question, so... So do you know anybody in Chicago or was that just like a, a leap of faith when you went out there? No, it was a leap of faith, honestly. Oh, I didn't know anybody when I came out here. And then to be honest, like, yeah, like right now I probably know a good like six, five people. Hey, bro, you've been out there for a year and met five people right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I showed up. Oh, no. shit, bro. So it's just like. No, I'm playing. But like, um, honestly, like how was it though? Like, I'm just really curious. Like going, leaving that far, being mm-hmm. you know, like a completely environment that you grew up in, trying to find housing and, you know, I know you have to work like the train system and everything like that. And like, how how is that? Like, I know that had to be honestly totally different. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's all the challenges that like come with it, but I was so tired of that Texas, like suburban life that like, this was all welcome to me. Like the train, I love being on the train. <laughs> Dang, he missed, you don't miss the Corolla? Nah, the Corolla's gone, by the way. Dang, it's man. Sold. Like, I don't, I don't own a car anymore. Nobody used to push that Corolla. That Corolla used to get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, dude, I have a car, man. Get this man to class. <laughs> that Corolla got some memories. But, yeah, the whole, like, leap of faith thing, honestly, like, you just – for me, it was it was like a good change of pace. Like I, I was tired of being in Texas, and I think it just helped me find myself a little bit, you know. Yeah. So that's all. But hey, so hey, bro. So from the first episode to now, 
I feel like I changed a lot dramatically as far as like I got a goals board. I take more goals down. I Monday through Thursday I stay in my house doing homework or just chilling as opposed to just going out during the weekday because I got my internship in the morning and then to dive into my internship. I'm honestly I've been there for like going on like I'm almost up on a month now. Now, truthfully, say I love it. I love going to my internship, quote unquote, job, but it doesn't feel like a job to me. It's, I like yeah. going to it. Um, he's actually my boss. He's actually challenging me a little bit because he has me doing like web design stuff, and more so, I'm now to design and like doing stuff on the computer. But he's been giving me a lot of tasks, kind of simple tasks that is building me up to it. So. I like that challenge, and more so, I like. You, so what I hear is you're gonna make a less get active website now. <laughs> possibly, uh, I can possibly get there. Yeah. More point, but more now we can outsource Daniel. Yeah, then we, can, we, can, we have to pay him no more. <laughs> and, and so, do you see yourself starting to like design as like maybe a potential like career path for you? Or how's that working? So for me, I want to go into marketing which kind of goes hand in hand with web design if you think about it just i guess less talking as like within a group but you still get people's feedback on your work before you move forward with putting it on the website or just publicly publishing it in general so i can say being being part of that creation like seeing that oh yeah i created that and it's on the web page or it's getting sold to the like buyer like i'm the one that created it so it gave me like a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. But, as always. Yeah, overall, I like it. Still trying to decide what I want to do after, if I want to, because it's a good environment. Yeah. College station is the only thing holding me back from actually wanting to secure that position there, like take a position there after. But yeah. I'm gonna tell what I go forward with. Yeah, man. But hey, let's, let's dive into the content, man. Let's get active. So today we're going to be talking about life as a black man, being that we're all three young black men in America right now. So I'm going to start off by asking y'all, what do you, let me see, not what do you, uh, what would you say life as a black man is for y'all? You want to give the American perspective first, Jay? Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I think it's, I feel like it's important for a black man for us to like know himself because um, I feel like you face like challenges and stuff that, I feel like we, we face challenges like every day that is not really seen, but we just kind of brush it off because it's what we expect, you know? It's like we go through days and like there, there's things that happen to us, we kind of brush it off, but like, I don't know. It's there, there's just things that I feel like we have to that we endure that honestly I feel like it shouldn't be there, but also that it's kind of like we've grown to be immune to and have to deal with. But it shouldn't be like that. Um, like Lamar, that book that we were reading, um, "Messages We Carry." So that book talks a lot about you know going in the workplace and being the only person that looks like you. And, you know, that's the position I'm in right now. 
even being at A&M, being in your class, the only person that looks like you. And I feel like constantly that book talks about code, code switching, which means that we can, like, if, we, if us three hang out together, we might act a certain way. But we know that if we act that way with people that don't look like us, we might seem less intelligent or mm -hmm. um, we're not respected, not because of how we're acting, but because of that, the people that we're interacting with aren't used to that. And it's different than how they see, how they interact with their peers. And just because it's not to what they are used to, you know, sometimes we can be seen as outliers or mm -hmm. our culture just isn't up to par with other cultures. And that's something that you see every day because, you know, I feel like every day I, I go into work with like a mask on and I'm a, not that I want to be a whole different person, but I know I have to hold myself to a certain degree because if not, if I make one step, I was telling Marlon the other day, if I make one step wrong, like if I send an email, improper grammar, or like if I, if I talk to somebody in the hallway and say, like use a certain type of dialect that I might talk to my friends that look like me, uh, they're gonna be like, man, why is this guy here? Like, does he deserve to be here? And it's, it's, it sounds funny, but it's so true. That's what I mean that people that don't look like us probably don't even think about those things, but we have to deal with that every day to the point to where we don't even think about it anymore ourselves. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of the point I have with it. When did you, do you feel like there was a time you first started to realize that you were like the only black person in a space? Um... <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's necessarily like a like a time or like a experience that I can remember. I feel like just gradually I started realizing because I mean I was kind of different because I have friends of both sides. Like I have friends of all different races, Asian, Indian, everything. And um it was kind of hard for me to realize because that's what I was used to. But then when I was realizing that, you know these experiences that I'm experiencing are just like something that people, other people don't experience. So as far as the actual one experience, no. I just like graduate, I go to class and like certain inside jokes that our culture might have or conversations that our culture might, might be uh, aware of. You can't do that with other people because they just don't get it, you know? Yeah. And one of the most I started realizing <clears throat> that I was kind of containing those feelings or those remarks that I want to make inside because people around me didn't get it and it, they didn't know where I was coming from probably like I don't know middle school probably when I started realizing that stuff just started actually seeing who I was hanging out with and um, I guess who I wasn't hanging out with so looking, just looking at my surroundings but like it was more of a gradual experience for me I can hit up on hit on hit on that because like for me where like growing up in Dallas it's like a, a lot of variety of people. So I wasn't just only around black people, Mexican, like different white people, different um, type of people. But coming in A&M was a wake up, not a wake up call for me. Like going to class and only being one out of like three black people in class, um, going out and seeing more people that didn't look like me as opposed to being used to seeing everybody when I go out. And when you said making like being in class and making a side joke where people wouldn't understand, 
because it's the, our culture and like the stuff we might say with to our friends. I say like being in class when being like the only black guy or among a few black people in that class when um, someone that's not black or a color will make it like will laugh in class and everybody's laughing. I'm just sitting there like, where's the joke at? Like I find I see the joke, but everybody else found it funny. I feel like I see what was so funny. With so for me, I'll say come A and M was like a wake up call or like step back and noticing like really my surroundings. Yeah, I will say one thing. Day <laughs> before, uh, I don't remember this myself. My mom always jokes about this, but she tells me that when I was at daycare one time, I came home and I was mad for some reason, and <laughs> she asked me why I was mad. And I told her that um, this kid told me I look like the gingerbread man. Or is it either the gingerbread man or is it like I look like a Teddy Graham or something like that? One of those like brown cookies. And I was so mad, but I didn't understand. <laughs> At that point, I didn't understand why I was mad, but like she was kind of not mad, but like that's, she was kind of brought, brought it to my attention. It was like that's something that I was minor as it was. That's something that's gonna, you know. Be with you, like you gradually, you know, grow honestly in a negative way and be with you. Like, that's something you have to endure for the rest of your life, honestly. So, like I said, I don't remember that, but my mom always, like, now jokes about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that because I feel like a lot of the things that stuck with me are things like kids would tell me when I was like 11, 10, whatever, just things about like my hair and my skin. And, like, just shit that they thought was funny, you know? Yeah. But it just, like, you think about it for, like, five years after that. <laughs> and you're just, like, what actually was, like, so weird or funny about, like, my skin or my hair? Yeah. Because like, exactly, it's a big one. Because it's different. It's different. Yeah, it's, it's exactly what it was. And they all have, like, that impulse. So they see your hair all poofy. And yeah, you need oh. to say something. And they want to touch it too so bad. Like, why do you want to touch my hair? Like, why? Okay, A&M, on this A&M campus, the amount of times somebody has touched my hair without me asking them or commented on it, <laughs> unacceptable. It's, it's crazy, bro. Like, yeah, like why? Why? Because they never seen an afro. But still, like, what pleasure? Hey, the bro is live, bro. I ain't going to lie to you, though. It is live. <laughs> okay, I appreciate that. But, you know, you got to keep your hands to yourself. And especially like I didn't really notice what it was like to be a, like black in a predominantly white space until I came to A&M That's as what, a sophomore. Yeah, so, go yeah. ahead. I was going to say like my freshman year, I went to like a predominantly black school or college. What school did you go to? Like it, it was A&M Commerce. Maybe oh, it wasn't yeah. predominantly black, but it just seemed like it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I came to A&M and I was like, wow, this is the exact opposite. Yeah. All these people, they either don't want to talk to me or like they just kind of look at me when I walk into the class. Yeah, bro. So do y'all have like an experience coming to AM that you were like, wow, like this is what it's like here? Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you mean. Like, like really seeing the like, I guess, inequality there or more so the uh, just like the lack of diversity there. When they had uh, Richard Spencer come talk and they had riot guards and students were getting pushed back. Yeah. 
and like their the whole thing with Richard Spencer was like, you know, everyone should have the right to free speech. But this guy is a known white supremacist, and like technically he does have the right to free speech. But why are you allowing him into your school to like spread his ideas? Yeah. And then I was just on live, like watching people get knocked back by riot cars and whatnot. So yeah, since you said that one, I can like say recently is. Um, the whole little scenario or incident with removing Sully from the middle of the campus being that he was like a racist confederate, like general or something. And like a and was so stuck on like keeping him because he showed like the history and blah, blah, blah. But ideally as like a black man or um, African-American, that's not something you want to see walking every day on your campus. Like, cause this negative continuities and stuff it holds behind like this white man like he wasn't for us so like walking by that every day is like why and it, they hold like they have a big ruckus they cage it up with a fence mm-hmm. you really try to protect this statue over like the feelings and emotions of people living walking on your campus yeah crazy one like yeah. no sense but um i feel like for me um there was a I mean there's a lot of incidents I mean just walking in class every day is an incident really yeah <laughs> but there was one incident I don't it was at the rec Lamar I don't know if you were at the rec with us this day but uh we were hooping and one of the courts the court we were hooping on got shut down um because <clears throat> it was girls so we, we moved up to a, to a different court that nobody was at it was a group of uh, white guys that were on one end of the court and then us that we were coming on from the other court, like 30 people coming from the other court, the hoop on that court. And we were like, we're not, we weren't trying to be mean or anything. We're like, hey, our court got shut down. We trying to hoop over here. If you want to hoop, we've been winning, so we're going to be on, but y'all can play too, right? I will play against y'all. And they weren't having that. They just didn't want us to play for some reason. And our team was all black guys. Um, and I know how it can be at the rec. I'm a local as well. So I know there's a lot of locals that come in there and try to run stuff and try to take over the rec, which is, I mean, that used to be me. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> but so, like, I understand where people come from sometimes uh, when people try to come to the rec and run stuff. So besides the fact. Um, so when we came over in the court, right, we were like, you know what, we'll play off work. So we ended up playing them for the spot on the court, ended up beating them bad. <laughs> and um, they got so mad, man. Like, they ended up calling the guys at the front desk, like security and everybody, the workers, and saying, man, these guys are trying to kick us off the court. But that wasn't the bad part. They were like, they don't even go here. Uh, they're not even students here. So we can, we can kick them out right now. Was that because we were the only team that was all black? It was me, finance manager. Um, there's other guy, I can't remember what he was, but he was an engineering major. I, I'm, I don't know who he was, but he was an engineering major that was super with us. It was uh, two guys that ran on the track team. Oh, I was there that day. I remember that, yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe you were our fifth person then. I remember that, yeah. I remember that, yes. Okay, yeah, so Lamar was our fifth person. So basically we had me, finance, engineering major, we had Lamar, we had two guys on the track team. And they tried to call the front desk on us because basically we were too good because we were beating everybody. 
because we won like 10 games that day in a row. And obviously because we were all black. So when that experience happened, I was like, wow, like people actually still think like this. They didn't even want to ask us or even give us the benefit of the doubt. It was just off the rip. These guys just don't go here just because we were different. And that probably happened after I was at a for a year. But yeah, that was an experience that really just, just thinking about, I was like, I couldn't even be mad, man, because I don't expect anything else, honestly. It was just, I never really had experience like that. Uh, it's just so direct to me. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Like, dang, like, why you just assume we don't go here? But it's way, it's way more stuff that happens, stuff that happens every day, like going to class, being on campus, just in general, like getting the looks, the people, awkward people mm-hmm. touch your hair, just getting – then sometimes, uh, like, just going to Northgate, there's been a couple times where people might confuse, it as, confuse you as an athlete, somebody on the football team. Like <laughs> – Yes, it's benefits to that, but at the same time, it's like, dang. You can get in the party. It's just cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got to be an athlete to get into A&M. Like, that's the only reason I got here. Or, like, I couldn't be here academically. But, yeah. Yeah. but like, since you mentioned the book, though, a part, uh, uh, they talked about imposters, which, which you kind of mentioned where I can feel like, yeah, I feel the same way where I might not act the same as I might with my friends versus in class or at my internship because I never know. Like, if I show them this side or do this that they're not accustomed to, it might throw them off and have them look in some type of way, and then, boom, that's the situation that can yeah. that I'm in. Yeah. Because in the book, he was talking about um... – he was tired of living in fear, not in fear of another man, but in fear of if he act, um, if he showed who he actually was, that he wouldn't be accepted. And he was tired of being in fear of, or you know, taking off that mask and being himself. He was saying that he, you know, he, he was tired of people in our, in our culture having, having to do that every day. He was saying he was just really tired of it. So, I got the book right here, actually. So, I want to ask y'all this. The book mentioned, um, let me find it. Uh, it was like five archetypes. Let me mention. Uh, one was, dang, what page is on? Okay, here it is. Uh, page 14. Uh, Here we go. So would y'all say y'all are first off the masculine guy, the jokester, the educated oh. business professional, or the thug? Wait, wait, wait no, explain that because that was actually one of my favorite parts of the book. All explain right, so I'm reading off. Uh, the masculine guy, the guy who never shows his emotions. In fact, he's probably convinced himself he doesn't have any. Number two, the jokester, the comedian. He makes everyone around him laugh but doesn't connect with them. Serious emotions either. Laughter is a mask for him. The educated business professional. The man who has it all together or it seems he's educated and successful. Maybe even a workaholic, but he finds it hard to seek help when he needs it because he sees that as a failure. The thug. 
He's a ladies' man with a reputation to keep. He acts tough and never afraid of anything, or he never met anyway. So me personally, I feel like I may be a mixture of all of them outside looking in. If someone were to break me down, they'd probably say I'm a mixture of all of them. Yeah. So pretty much where he's where he's Lamar's talking about is in the book, he was saying that in order, like this mask that I'm talking about, that I guess black men or black people have to uh, not have to, but tend to walk around with in order to be accepted. These uh, different characters are you know, ways that we cope with that or ways that we can, we, we can mask um, you know, who, we re- who we really are. And uh, it's a workbook. And Lamar, when I answered that question, I actually said that I was a combination of all. See? That's, that's exactly what I said. I said I was a combination of all because I saw myself in all of them. I feel like I am that business professional that always feels like he has everything under, under control. Or I am that masculine person to where I don't want to show my feelings. Or um, I want to see all the rest of them. What were the other ones? A jokester and thug. Yeah. So I'm a, I ain't a thug now. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I'm not a thug, but I do come sometimes have that like cool demeanor to where I'm calm and collected and I'm seen as like the quote unquote cool guy, but I'm really just myself and a jokester as well, because I do feel like I'm a playful, jokeful, jokeful person. And sometimes it is like for comic relief. Uh, You know, when you're in a situation with people that kind of have that cultural, uh, that cultural barrier with, Sometimes being a jokester is really what y'all can uh, relate to sometimes. So I, I, feel my, I, I do feel that I'm a, a combination of all of them. Hearing those archetypes, Dan, which one you said you best fit with or all of them, if you think so? I mean, I don't know the exact details of all of them, but I, to me, it seems like I would be the educated business professional. Because to me, that's, the, that's what I like go for in order to like, be perceived a certain way. But definitely, like, I feel like every guy also, like, has the need to be, like, you know, the masculine guy or to, like, you know, bring levity with jokes, things like that. So there probably is, like, a little bit of all that in me, too. But, yeah, to me, it seems like the educated business professional. I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because a lot of, I feel like a lot of people feel the need to, like, show their success or, like, to be successful in order to be accepted, like, especially in American society. So I think that's like a big pressure for a lot of like black men, especially. So with you being Abba how would you, like, would you see the news? Abba Shah, yes, <laughs> sir. <laughs> when you factor that in, the, the need to be an educated business professional, quote unquote, is doubled by two, I feel like, because there's a whole lot of pressure from like immigrant families to work hard, be successful, make something of yourself, especially cause like you're not an American, so you're on their turf. And basically that means that you have to either fit in, exceed, or just like prove yourself somehow. And then also like, you gotta figure out just what it's like to be an American. Cause I remember the first time I showed up here, like I didn't, I don't even know if I knew I was black to be honest, <laughs> like I just, I was just like used to seeing a whole bunch of like different cultures and whatever. So I didn't, I didn't know there was like 
that dynamic of like if you're a black man in america you're put at a at a certain level and like you have to do certain things to you know elevate yourself above that that's that's crazy because i feel like you have both experiences you have the experience of being black but then that um you know also like, like you said being an immigrant and uh so i guess since I, I talked about the american you know uh experience talk more about uh your african experience yeah, i mean or is it similar it's similar in some of the ways especially like just how people in america perceive you yeah you know and so like you end up being put into the same category as everyone else because mm-hmm. uh, they just see all black people as essentially the same is what i'm thinking but for me like coming here the first time i didn't really fit in with like black people white people anybody because i didn't i didn't know what to act like so you're just a weirdo huh just a weirdo (laughs) 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 so basically it's just like once you see like the people that look like you you just kind of like naturally you know move towards them and you're like okay these are my people these are like the people who are going to be experiencing the same things as me yeah and basically that's how i learned like i was a black man in america and you know ever since then (laughs) Okay, so uh, Jay, like Jay mentioned to me before, like when he read the book, he noticed, like the book said, like as black men, when we see other black men, we give each other like a little, what's up, head nod, like, like I see you, like what's up with, like you nod each other, but other cultures didn't do that. But with you being an immigrant and then coming to America, like would you say, like you thought like that, if you saw like another black man or Abisha person, like do you give him like a nod or just acknowledgement or... Well, I mean, at the time, I was probably, like, seven. So I wasn't really nodding at people like that. But I think, like, after a few years, like, you just pick up on, like, things. And then you just start to act a certain way. So, like, at this point, yeah, I would. But at the beginning, like, I wasn't really, like, I didn't feel that necessarily. I just thought, like, everybody to me was different. Like, I didn't really understand, like. It it is interesting, though, because, like you said, Daniel, um, People that aren't black probably do just group us all together because we look alike. But I don't. <laughs> it's funny because I don't even think we all look alike. Like I can tell when somebody's, you know, African or whatever. But that's just because I'm aware. But even like uh, communicating and interacting with people that are, you know, African rather than you know just black, you know, um, there's a barrier there because when I first came to A&M. I was trying to find my place. I was trying to find who I was. I was trying to find clubs to get into, people that looked like me, that thought like me, that had had the same experiences that I did. So, you know, a lot of the, uh, there's not a lot of just, no, there's a lot more African clubs rather than just black organizations and clubs at A&M, I would think. <clears throat> and, you know, me, not being, not really knowing the difference, you know, my church to A&M, I went to a predominantly white school, so we had nothing like that. We didn't even have, like, fraternities and sororities, honestly. So, uh, when I came to A&M, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go with these black people that look like me. So, I went to, like, a couple African, actually, organizations and clubs, 
And I was like, I don't know what's going on, bro. <laughs> Seriously, it was totally different for me. And that's really when I had a, like a cultural like awakening that it was that different. I'd never really been around people that were actually that had that African culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's way different. And I still, it's still something today that I'm trying to you know, understand more. I'm definitely comfortable with it, but it's like there's still that 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 barrier there. So like you mentioned that, that like all black people don't look alike, but people feel that way. It's been multiple times where I've been in that situation where people. So to give you like a little history, me and Daniel used to live together with our other roommate, roommate Urel, <laughs> and me being underage. I would use his ID to get into clubs and stuff, go Northgate, like, you know. I use everybody's ID. <laughs> I have to use uh, his ID most of the time to get in. If you're underage listening, don't do that. It's not good. Wait till you're 21. But <laughs> I would use his ID to get into the clubs and bars and stuff, and it would work. I look nothing like this man. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. But the ID worked. Like, how I would, I would get in these clubs – not even uh, at Northgate. We took a trip to um, Louisiana um, uh-huh. and got into clubs. I got a club still using the same idea. Like, it's crazy. Like, that stereotype that we all look alike when we don't. But yeah, that was really like, really like, I use it. I've used this idea for, I want to say, from since we lived together up until his last year here. I would use his ID. And then once he left, it was another three years. You didn't look like him. I like nothing off. But then once he left, I was like, dang, I'm still not 21. So a friend of BJ Sherman, he had like a little old ID that I would use, and that ID worked. Don't you still have it? No, I get back to my I like oh. <laughs> but I look nothing like that man either. But the ID worked. So like I don't see how people like just feel like we all look like. You know, one thing I notice is people always come up to me and tell me like, oh, you look like this celebrity or you look like this person or you look like my friend, whatever his name is. Oh, yeah. I like, bro. I, th- that really does prove to me that people think like we all look alike. <laughs> and we don't. Like I've gotten everything. Rajon Rondo, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can see the cap though. <laughs> oh man, bro! <laughs> but all right, let's go so, into our next. What you about to say, Jay? No, I was just saying. Uh, so you're up north now. Uh, you know, in Texas, I'm sure everything's a whole lot. Well, I'm, well, I'm not sure, but um, no, it's more southern here. You know how that goes. Uh, so is it is it different um in Chicago like up north is it different because I heard it is a lot different than when you're down south when it comes to like the racial the racial aspects of it mm-hmm. uh, I mean it's different, but it's not better like that's that's the misconception because mm-hmm. all it is in Chicago is like first of all Chicago's like one of the most segregated cities in America third <laughs> like above a certain point you'd be like hard pressed to find black people. And then when you go below a certain point, 
or like in certain like pockets that's where like a lot of the black people live that's together that's <laughs> so it's like about. yeah the city honestly it's it's no different it's it's the same shit just different accent yeah different different yeah, accent or there's no southern accent up here is what i'm saying like yeah you sound like you're from chicago now <laughs> no, I, don't, I'm playing. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know what a Chicago person sounds like. But, <laughs> no, I'm playing. All right, so let's go into our next little segue. Let's be a little professional. All right, reading the book is a part I want to bring up. Um, it speaks on black people or black men just in general not having a community where they don't come, like they don't feel comfortable coming to each other or just like having surface level relationships like it says um we will like hang out with each other but we keep everything surface level like talking about sports and just general things like girls stuff like that but we don't just dive deep until until like the deep stuff we keep everything surface level just like the thought of like not being vulnerable with each other and just keeping that guy talk uh-huh. So like, how would y'all like? How y'all feel about that? Like personally? All right. First of all, you know, there's a certain somebody that used to tell me and you the same thing, like every other week, right? <laughs> but I feel like uh, a lot of people, honestly, just. Um, I mean, I I kind of agree with that. I feel like a lot of people are not comfortable like sharing their feelings, and it's kind of understandable in some ways. Um. But uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying that it's not that I. So obviously, me us starting podcasts, we have a different reason, and I feel like we have the the drive to want to open up and, and talk about things that are, you know usually guys wouldn't talk about, right? But I mean, sometimes like when I'm with my guys and stuff, that's not what I want to talk about. Like, I want to take my mind off those things. Like, I want to go do things that I don't have to be in my fields or talk about some shorty or talk about a test I just failed or you know what I'm saying? That comes when it comes, but when I'm chilling with the homies, yeah, we can have talks. And I feel like I've always been the one to, when, when it's necessary to have to have that talk. Uh, but majority of the time, that's not what I want to do when I'm hanging out with my friends, right? Uh, yeah. Like I said, it, it is necessary. It is necessary to do. I feel like, as a as a community black men, we should do that more. But my fault, my fault. No, I'm just saying that it's not that we don't want to. I feel like a lot of times when we're hanging out, you know, we I guess we do kind of cover the cover up those things by just doing just that, just hanging out and not wanting to talk about taking our minds off those things that are bothering us. So yeah, you said like just take your mind off the things that bother you, like more on an aspect, I mean negative aspect of it. But really, it, it's more like it's not just that. Like you can just meet up. Like y'all can just talk about y'all goals, stuff y'all want to dive into, just new, like anything new in your life or things you want to pursue. Like it's not just negative. Like you can talk about your dreams and stuff like that. Like what you see yourself doing, it has to be done. Has to be just deeper than. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Your mind, yeah, taking the negative stuff and getting your mind off of that. It can be positive stuff too. Yeah, you're right. Uh. I feel like we should like like our idea. We want to just we we're having the idea of wanting to do like a monthly or bi 
bi-weekly little open forum where we have just more guests, like more than one person. We want to have like a big group of people come on with us and just, it's not going to be like set to just a certain topic, but just everybody just bouncing off each other, talking about goals, what's going on in their lives, teaching others something they learned or just giving advice. Like we want to do something like that where everybody's just a community that's trying to help each other out and grow. Now, like you said, I feel like that would be like a perfect idea. Like, I'm glad you brought that up because I wasn't thinking like that. You thinking more ahead as far as like just keeping each other accountable and helping each other grow, which was a smart idea. Yeah, I mean, because like you said, I was kind of thinking, thinking of it in a negative way. But, you know, um, like I said, it, it is important to talk about those things because if not, you kind of just put those things aside. It's kind of like the more what we talked about a long time ago, writing your goals down. I mean, or, you know, just making them set in stone. Cause if not, you're going to have other things that you're worried about. Cause you don't, that, that stuff isn't ingrained into your brain. But now that you're doing it over and over, it's, you're going to have more of a purpose to do those things. And that's, it goes hand in hand uh, with, you know, having that community of guys that you can go talk to because then it's just not you. Like, I feel like, you know, if, if it's just you, you're not worried about those things. Like you're the only person that knows about it. So if you don't achieve those goals, I mean, who who's gonna know, right? Yeah. But if you have friends that are always checking up on you or keeping you accountable in a good way, obviously. Then that like that's another avenue for you to be more more motivated. Uh, to want to be like, hey, um, you know, I can't be on the game tonight because I got to study. You know what I'm saying? Or if nobody knows about that and you fail your test, okay, boom. Mm-hmm. Who cares? But if you have friends that are actually checking on you, making sure you're trying to reach those goals and do what you got to do to be successful, it kind of it just gives you more motive. And I probably always need that extra push sometimes. Exactly. So I feel like we can make this happen. We just – we need the people, the listeners, viewers – to be on the same page as us so we can make it happen. But it's that something else I want to bounce back to what we were talking about just uh just like the little things as far as like people of other color want to touch our hair, just little stuff like stereotypes, stuff like that. It's a it's still like it problems like between just in the black community as far as like it's so many times where I got from another black person telling me, Lamar, uh you sound so white. Mm. It's a big one, like, and it's like, what do you mean I sound white? They're like, you just sound white. You talk white, and then I'm like, what? Because I'm smart, like, um, like I just, I'm like, what do you mean, like, like I feel like we gotta escape that we sound like telling another black person you sound white, just because they're not might not be talking slang or just more sound more educated, I guess. Like we, I feel like we. As black people, we need to get away from that. I don't know if I've experienced that too, but it's crazy. I've experienced it a lot. No, I've, I've definitely gotten that too. And it's just like, I mean, you're just going to talk the way you talk. So it's like, I don't understand like why you feel the need to like change the way you talk to be like what you are, which is black. Like you could say you talk white, but you're still black. Like what? I don't, I don't understand like what they're trying to get at with that. Uh, you know, yeah, I never understood that. I got that since, you know, since I've been growing up. I was always getting that, but I never understood it. 
Like, what do you want me to do? And what? Yeah. Is... So you're saying that since I'm talking proper or I'm talking correctly, quote unquote correctly, that I'm not black. So you're saying that black people are just stupid, or <laughs> because that's kind of what you're telling me. Like, so you want me to talk with improper grammar, and you want me to talk, you know, that's not seeing correct in society, which would then make me black. So, and I kind of, I feel like that kind of relates to what you were saying about like seeing other types of black people, because it's like you you can talk a certain way, but like it doesn't have anything to do with like how smart you are, you know. But like, just the more like type. So black people you see like that exist out there the more you're going to see like they don't all talk the same or like everyone has like a different dialect or accent or like something like that so it's just like if you if you grow up only hearing one way of like speaking you're going to think like that's that's like defining of like what a black person is supposed to be yeah i just i just don't see why it's acceptable to say that or why it's not but why people think that if you don't act in a way that's seeing accepted in in society then you're then you're acting like you're black like what does that even mean so we can't be black and act like we're educated and be and be educated so that that stuff i i never understood that and I, to this day yeah that's one I don't know. I don't no. know what it is. It's more just like a like a fad, I think. Not even a fad, because it's still here. It's more like a trend. But uh and it's not even like people come coming from other races, it's the black coming race. from our race. Exactly. And I, I mean I don't wanna I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Like <laughs> it. Like it's no, it's no like explaining explanation for it. It's just like why? It is. That's the thing. There's no explanation for it. Like, are you jealous because you want to talk like we do, or are you jealous because because you want you know something that I have, and you're trying to put me down or put us down because of it, so we can be seen as equal? Like, are you? Do you feel inferior? Is that is that what it is? I, you know, I don't, I don't even think it's like necessarily that to me, it's just like people like, regardless of like how you talk, like you're, you're going to be smart or not. Like it, it doesn't really like, it's not defined by like how you talk, you know, but just certain people, if they don't understand something or if it's like different to them, I feel like they just kind of push it away or like they don't, they kind of like don't accept it. Yeah, that's true. So if somebody like speaks a certain way and they hear someone else speaking differently, to them, it's just like I don't, I, I don't like understand you, you know. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up to y'all because I feel like that's stuck with me since, like, I can even remember, like, and I want to see if y'all got the same thing that I got. Yeah, it's one of those childhood things. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, there's a lot of them. <laughs> yes, but let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. I feel like we we covered a lot of stuff, honestly. Then, so first off, let's start by saying I feel like every black man, or just anybody in general, just y'all should go get uh, the messages we carry, a workbook for black men. Y'all should look it up, buy it, and like read it because it was actually it's a good read. Short read too. Short too, yeah, short. I read it, I read it in one night. Shout out to my boy Miles Johnson. If you listen to this, bro, 
appreciate you for starting the train and passing the book to me, me passing it to Lamar, pause. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. choice, choice of words, bro. Choice of words, please. <laughs> please. But no, honestly, though, yeah, it is. Another thing I would say, like, you know, if you have younger people listen to this, man, don't worry about what anybody else says, man, because all these people that are maybe making fun of you or, you know, make, making you feel like you're not worthy of whoever you are and what you are, those will be the same people 10 years down the road that's Stuck. trying to be your friend, trying to be your friend and all this other stuff, man. Stay, Y'all stay true to yourselves, bro, because trust me, it does come full circle, I guarantee it. As long as you stay true to yourself and stay true to your goals. But there you have it. Um, like we said, I, honestly, if, please reach out because we're still trying to decide if we should move forward with this open open forum that we plan on doing. But we can only do it if we have a lot of like followers, listeners that's willing to just get on and talk with us. It's pointless to like start that up if we don't have people willing to tap in with us so like we would really appreciate it if you just give us feedback contact one of us me or jay and we're more than welcome like try to get that started up but we can't do it unless we know who's all like into it and then just tap in and then appreciate you 150 dream team daniel hey that boy (laughs) coming up that boy live on Essex, Jump Out Gang, 150 Dream Team, 150 Rock Block, same block, you know what I'm saying? Little Herbie. <laughs> Herbie Squad. D Herbo. Herbie Squad, Jump Out Gang, man. The hell? No, for He's man. not from 63rd. <laughs> He's not from 63rd, y'all, just so y'all know. I'm from Ethiopia. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. It's been a minute since we talked, so it was, it was good to see. See and hear from me, dog. Likewise, good seeing y'all. But much love, son. We gonna get you back. Don't call me son on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real though. Much, much love for you coming on, bro. We hope on here for future episodes. Yeah. Sure. Open forum if that goes if that happens. Yeah. If you know any Habashas, just let us know, bro. <laughs> We can get tapped in, let them on on the show. Trying to get active. Yeah, let's get active, right? Let's get active. <laughs> Anyways, Lamar, Daniel, then, man, what, what are we about to do, man? We're going to get active. We're going to get active, right? Active. So see y'all next time, man. Yeah.